स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रमझम सुन रहे हैं आप गपशप का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बाद दोपहर के दो बजकर पाँच मिनट हुआ चाहते हैं आपसे लेके तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गपशप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकेंगी खटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि बाहर का मौसम वाओ इट्स हॉट वेरी हॉट इकतीस डिग्री टेम्परेचर है और हमारे स्टूडियो का तापमान नाइस कूल 22 डिग्रीज़ है और हमारे स्टूडियोज़ में आज आपके लिए मेल चौधरी आए हैं जो कि सिमसन टॉमस एंड एसोसिएट्स के साथ ताल्लुक रखते हैं आइए मेल का प्रोग्राम में स्वागत करें मेल हाउ यू डूइंग आई एम डूइंग ग्रेट यू सुषमा फाइन थैंक यू सो हाउ हॉट इज इट आउटसाइड ओह इट्स रियली हॉट आई एम आई जस्ट थिंकिंग But having said that, you came from an air-conditioned car into an air-conditioned office. That's right. Going back, you'll be get going from an air-conditioned office into a very hot car. Right. Kind of, yeah. kind of the opposite of when winter and what we expect in Vancouver, right? <laughs> Wanting to go to the heat. Yes. Um, I went to Palm Springs. Yes. A few years ago. Yes. It was exactly like that. Really. It was ridiculously hot. Uh huh. So you needed to find air conditioning wherever you went. Oh wow! Do you think in the next little while in British Columbia and in Vancouver, for example, we will need to have all the houses that are being built with air conditioning? I think so. I and there's been some talk about condos already um, making that a requirement. I don't know if there's anything been further done than just talk, mm. but it just it just makes sense, given what we went through last year with all those deaths. That could have been prevented. It really is becoming more of a safety issue. This is a legal question, and you don't have to answer it. Just think about it. All those people that died because of the heat stroke, or because of the high temperatures, um, who is responsible for that? So you know, we 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 talk about. Accidents. We talk about making claims, and people think, "Well, if I get hurt, something happens to me. It's not my fault. That means there's somebody else responsible." That's not always the case. You've got to be able to show that somebody is negligent. So negligent means that they did something that was unreasonable, mm. below the standard of what they should be doing. Mm. So that question, I haven't thought about that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who would be responsible? Well, it's hard to say anybody's responsible, right? Okay, okay. So, I I know this is frivolous talk. Yeah. But people must be thinking about it. If I'm thinking about it, what if a, an older person is living in a building, okay, and the building does not have air conditioning, uh, and probably has windows, but you know. We can't open the windows because all the flies and mutchers can come in, uh, mosquitoes, and so uh, they they live in that place, and they can't go out. There isn't a courtyard there that they can follow. There are no trees around. So could it be the fault of the landlord? So one thing that happens is as time goes on, with different time periods, uh-huh. there's different the the law evolves. So maybe we don't know, you know, maybe a couple years ago we didn't really know the true danger of the mm-hmm. heat. Mm-hmm. Now let's fast forward to five years down the road. Yes. And now, you know, this has happened four summers in a row. Yes. So the standard of care would be different then than it was last year, and what it is this year. Right. So it's going to be evolving. 
right? That's what the law does. The law kind of evolves with the time, and it helps to shape what people's responsibilities are. Law has to revolve as the people are evolving. Evolves, that's right. You're, you're right. Because the, the situation changes. Yep. What if now we know with Vancouver that every summer, let's you know give it a two-week window, yeah. three-week window, we know that this is a danger period. Mm. So something you would think at some point will have to be done to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Does that mean now governments have to look at putting in regulations? If you're building a condo, right, you're building a 30 maybe a 50-floor condo, mm. and people are stuck in that building, could be older people, and you don't have air conditioning. Is that something that should be allowed? Yeah, Well, exactly. if, you, if you asked me that three, four years ago, mm. I wouldn't have even thought about it. No. Now we're talking about lives. Right. Right? So should that be part of the building codes? So that's just an example of the law evolving. Maybe the building codes should include that. Maybe they should. And I think uh, it, it does make sense because BC Hydro and, uh, and the government, federal and provincial government, also talks to residences and say, if you make your house um, energy efficient and you can have a heat pump and it also gives you cooling facility, we'll give you rebates on that. Right. You know. So just kind of going along with that discussion, Mm. because that's what we're doing, right? Yes. So just thinking about it, a lot of people passed away as well. They they couldn't get help. No. Remember we heard a big story about ambulances and there not being enough ambulances to go around. Yes. Well, should there be some liability because of that? Well, even just day before yesterday, there was a case. A person had to wait 40 minutes and the person died. Right. Now, the government, you know, will have one defense of limited resources. Mm-hmm. So one of common uh, defense for governments is that you know they've got so much only so much money to go around and they're utilizing that money up to their discretion mm. about how that budget gets used. Mm. Now that's a defense for them. Mm. The defense is, you know, it's it's a tough decision, but we've got to be able to decide how are we using our budget. Mm. If it gets into that area, then they may have a good defense. Mm-hmm. If within their um, procedure, Mm. they don't follow their procedure properly, Mm. then that's where they could be negligent. Mm. So it's a complicated issue, and I can't really give you an answer, right, off the top of my head. But these are just some issues to kind of think about. Yeah, you know, these are things that are, as you mentioned, beautiful word, evolving world, evolving uh, climate, evolving temperatures, (laughs) evolving people. So rules and regulations have got to be, you know, uh, a mirror of whatever is happening to us. Yeah, and then like the people that take care of other people, same s- same sort of thing. Yeah. If there is, um, you know, somebody who lives alone but they rely upon support, mm. and there's some kind of contractual agreement with this company to provide support, what steps are they required to take? Exactly. So, so then one would look at them and say, okay, this person did not get the service. And and because of the service, there was negligence. Because of the negligence, this person has suffered. So then the, the company is responsible. Yeah, and like to kind of make an analogy, we're talking about something that is not man-created. But That's right. This is the weather, right? 
So when it comes to road contractors, for example, mm. or the government having to maintain the highway, one of the things that they ha should be doing is they should be monitoring, well, what does the forecast call for? For example, let's say it's, it's winter and uh, there's going to be an abnormal storm coming. Uh, temperatures will be such where it's going to be abnormal freezing. They're supposed to monitor for those things as a road contractor or the government maintaining the highway. So now we've got people take caring, taking care of others who might be older. Well, maybe that kind of, you know, what I'm talking about, the mm. law evolving. Mm. Well, maybe part of their responsibility now will be, well, looking at, you know, maybe we look at the forecasts. Maybe we look at the temperature, and that's something that's considered. So yeah. then you've got the law shaping policy, right, for the government and for these companies that, that deal with those things. You know, I... I today was uh, hoping to talk to you about family law, especially, you know, uh, support for women in a in an abusive relationship. And I what sort of uh, what sort of, um, you know, support can they get uh, from the government or from the society? Um, so, yeah, talking about the weather was a good way of segueing into it. But let's take a short commercial break and come back and talk about that. There was an incident that took place in uh, New York where a woman was in an abusive relationship. The whole family was abusive towards her. And finally, she talked about it on social media and then took her own life. And um, nobody was there to help her out. So um, what sort of things could have could have been put in place so that she didn't have to lose her life and even just education people yes. people knowing what are my rights what can i do there you go really want to talk about that thank you um uh, uh, let's just take a short break and come back spice radio radio jim sindri am kapshap ka program hai mel chaudhry jo ki simpson thomas and associates ke sath taluk rakhte hain aaj hamare sath hain we're going to be talking about family law. So in a nutshell, what is family law? So family law entails a lot of different <laughs> things. It, it basically has to do with when two people form a relationship together. Mm -hmm. um, marriage or marriage-like, right? You don't have to be legally married, could be common law. So it has to do with forming that relationship and it ending. Mm. So you could do things like when people first meet, they could set up an agreement. Mm -hmm. where if something were to happen, this is what would happen if uh, the marriage or the relationship ended. Mm -hmm. So that way you don't, you're not left with uncertainty, or as best we can, we try to you know, make it as certain as possible what would happen in that situation. Right. So if somebody uh, is splitting up, it would entail issues like spousal support, mm. child support, custody of the kids, mm. uh, family property, division, division of all those assets. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's what family law entails. So a family is then a nuclear uh, family. That means a family is husband, wife, and kids. So it could actually also affect people that are important in the lives of kids. Okay. So for example, let's say there's grandparents, mm. and they want to have some sort of access to the kids. Mm. Now, hopefully, that's never an issue. The parents would just be reasonable and, and allow that if it's a, you know, a good relationship. Mm. But they might be involved for that reason. Or let's say, uh, property-wise, it gets a little bit messy sometimes. Mm. You've got um, you know, 
people that are married investing in property with their parents, mm. and for one reason or another, they might leave it in their parents' name. Right. Then the parents get involved in the split up mm. and, and the proceedings. So it could actually involve other people as well. But you're right. Typically, what you'll see is it's the nuclear family, right? It's the uh, two people that are together mm. in a relationship and their kids. But it could, it could actually be a little bit beyond that, too. When we talk about extended family, the word extended family, what all entails in that? Because these are legal terms, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, you know, typically extended would be beyond the nuclear so you've got your mom, your dad, your your siblings, your kids. Um, you know, extended. It's I think that's more of a cultural cultural term. Okay. Right. Like, who do we think is extended? Well, and, amongst and think, Indians, everybody yeah. is extended family. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, it could be a very close family, right? <laughs> that's um, right. Two people could have a different definition of what's extended. That's true. So uh, I think typically it's the people in the household are seen as the nuclear family. Right. So even siblings could be, you know, the extended family, right? Ah, yes, of course. Of course, yes. So, my God, if you have an extended family, mom, dad, kids, grandparents, uh, dads, uh, siblings, mom's siblings, wow. Yeah, and Indian, you know, a lot of Indian families have huge families. They do? You've got this, um, you know, story of when um, their, the grandparents have so many siblings mm. or, you know, parents have so many siblings. It's very uncommon here. Mm. But, of course, for different reasons elsewhere, you had those larger families helping out with farms, helping out with family businesses. It was seen as a necessity back then. Now, uh, I want you to talk about the... Uh, the law, w which way does the law look at an issue? Because law is is supposed to be blind. It's supposed to give you, um, you, you, need, you need to give proper um, statements or proofs of stuff that you want. I'm not being able to articulate properly, but law is emotionless. That's what I'm trying to say. Is is law really emotionless? So you've got the written law hmm. legislation, which is black and white. Okay. And, you know, but that's those are words. Hmm. Now somebody's got to give meaning to those words. Right. So who's doing that? Hmm. Well, it's going to be people. Hmm. It's going to be judges. It's going to be lawyers arguing the cases. Yes. And... You only have those cases in front of judges and lawyers arguing them because people have real-world problems. Right. So I think it's too simple to say that the, you know, the law doesn't have emotion. I think it does have emotion, right? Because why, why are these laws put into place? Right. It's the way I see it, the law is actually a vehicle. Huh. It's, a, it's a power for society to use to change things for the positive. So... And sometimes we go back and forth. You think, oh, we're going pot, we're going forward, we're going back. Like, for example, let's talk about, talk about the U.S., mm. right? Um, so many decades ago, the law was that, you know, for abortions and people to have pro, pro-choice. Mm. And then just very recently, you've got individuals now, you know, through Trump who 
went on to the bench, the mm -hmm. Supreme Court of the U.S., mm -hmm. and it, there's a shift. Mm. And now that's, they're moving back the other way now. That's right. Where it's, where it's going towards pro-life. Right. We, uh, Wade versus Joe. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's all, there's always, you know, the, the law hasn't changed. Mm. So why is it different now? Right. It's because they, there's different judges there now. So the different interpretations? That's right. So um, in, a, in a court case, and I'm going off our topic today, in a court case, uh, if I am, you and I are in front of a judge and you present your side of the case and I present my side of the case, and if I am able to prove beyond reasonable doubt that my client did not harm anybody, and I give all sorts of proofs for that, and you on your side, without a reasonable doubt, try to explain that no, this person deliberately did all this stuff to hurt my client. Uh, it is really up to the judge then to, which, to pick which side. Yeah, so, so basically what happens is we're dealing with criminal law. Mm. That's when the, the crown, mm. if someone does something criminal or they allege to do something criminal, the crown has to prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, okay. Now let's talk about um, another, like a civil case, mm. right? Let's say there's a family case. Mm. So is the family case different than that? It, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. So, so okay. now when we're dealing with civil cases, it's on a balance of probabilities. Ah, okay. So whoever is bringing the claim must prove beyond 51% hmm. that their version is the correct version. So, so now it's more probable than not what I'm saying on behalf of my client hmm. is the correct version. So it's not beyond a reasonable doubt, but probable. Probably. So that makes sense. Yeah. So now thinking about it, you raise a really good question about how do the judges look at it? Hmm. Is it that I'm just presenting the evidence and mm. they just see how it matches with the law mm. and, and that's what the result will be? Mm. Well, I, I don't think that's how it really works. No. And the, the, re the reason is judges are human, right? Mm. They're people too. Mm. And, you know, I've said this in, in terms of proving a case, it shouldn't really matter. Let's say I have a client and my client is a difficult person. Mm a rude person, mm. just not likable. Mm. You know, he's mean mm. or she's mean. Mm. That shouldn't really make an impact on the case, right? I see what you Because going. if the facts, if the same thing happens to this rude person yes. or the same thing happens to this other person who's just a great person, yes. it should make no difference. Yes. It's mm. the action or the, the incident that should carry more weight yeah. than the personality of the person. It should be just the facts. The facts. What happened. Right. But I think it's inescapable yes. that it always has an effect. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. So if if you're going to court, what you want to do is you want to show the judge, you know, and hopefully you're just this way, but yeah. you want to show the judge that I'm a good person. Mm. I'm the honest one. Mm. So whatever you whatever you hear me say, whatever comes out of my mouth, mm. you can trust me. Mm. Now, if you've done that, and the judge believes that, and the other side, the opposite, the judge thinks, well, I don't know about this person. Mm. I don't know if I could trust what they're saying. Mm. You're already so far ahead, right? Okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, obviously, I was reading and you were also looking at it case that, that took place in 
uh, USA, a young woman, I mentioned that before the break, who took her own life and left a message on social media saying, I'm taking my life because of my abusive relationship that, I'm, that I am in with my husband. Um, now, her death, when you read about it, as a lawyer, what would you think? What would, would this, this would go to court? Because would the husband be charged because she committed suicide? Well, she, she killed herself. Yes. So um, you don't have to do more research on it. Yes. But I don't think there's anything obvious to suggest that there's a claim against, against the family. The family, okay. Now, when I look at it, you know, my, my, one of my areas is family law. Yes. So when I look at it, I think to myself, you know, did she not have the resources to know what can I do? Right. To help myself. Mm. Um, was she educated about, you know, what was open to her? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a matter of her being alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's just so sad, right? Yes, it is. So you always kind of think that if one of the nice things about your program is, you know, we try to educate people mm-hmm. on, on what are their rights. That's right. So if something happens, and let's say you're in this relationship where it's abusive, mm. Or, um, you know, you feel there's no way out. Mm. The law is there to with rights for you to help you, mm. right? So, you know, you asked me, well, what is family law? Mm. Well, one of the things is spousal support. Ah, okay. So <sighs> abuse in a marriage, there's so many things, like we can't unpack that here. But, um, you know, a lot of the time, there's probably a power imbalance. So the person who's doing the abusing and the person who's receiving the abuse, the person who's receiving the abuse is probably reliant on that other person. Okay, financially? Financially, could be emotionally, Mm -hmm. right? But financial is a big thing. Right. So one of the things with family law is that there is an ability to equalize that. Okay. So spousal support. Let's say, you know, somebody comes to Canada and they're from abroad. Mm. They get married to somebody here. Right. Now, um, you know, the spouse doesn't want them to go to school. They just want them to stay at home, Mm -hmm. take care of the kids. There's a lot of value that that spouse at home provides to that family. That's right. Okay. So spousal support recognizes that. Okay. In a very big way. Okay. So by that person staying home... And looking after the kids, yes. now the other partner doesn't have to worry about the home as much, doesn't have to worry about the kids as much. They can divert their resources, their energy, their time towards advancing their career. Mm-hmm. So what the law says is that has to be recognized. So that person who's doing really well financially, mm. that's in part owed to the other spouse. So in other words, say for example, uh, there's a partner or spouse, uh, male or female, that is in an abusive relationship and can and and wants to get either separation or help from law, they can because of this particular understanding. Yeah. And and so basically there's um, an avenue to get support payments. Mm. So the, you know, the other spouse would be required to pay towards um, 
support. So, so, so let so. In fact, I've I've gone into it in, in a very wrong way. So let me just take a short break, and come back and ask you, give you examples of family, the questions that we've received, uh, and uh, especially for women. Let's see if if that area, you can look at it and decipher it and and give us some answers. Sure. How's that? Let's take a short commercial break. Mel is with us till three o'clock. If you have a question, give us a call, uh, and we'll try and answer those questions. Uh, 604-280-1200, 604-299-8863 is our telephone number. Spice Radio, Radio Room, Jameson Ram, Kapshap Kap program, Mel Chaudhary, Simpson Thomas, and Associates. Mel, before I move on, let's just give your telephone number out. So if people uh, don't want to ask questions on air, but I w- want to talk to you, where could they call you? 604-689-8888. Oh, 8888. Very easy number. Um, okay, so let's go and talk about family law and partners, husband and wife, or common law. Uh, and there is abuse in the family. What is the first step that the person who is being abused should take? taking into consideration that they are able to go out and maybe connect with somebody. And if they are not able to go out and connect with someone, then what happens? So that's such a personal type of question, right? Yes. And everyone's circumstances are different. But, um, you know, people should get out of the abuse, right? Um, And one way to, to do that is if you're being physically abused, call, call the police. Okay. File a report, and um, there could even be a restraining order through the police process. So that's one part of it. That's the immediate. Mm-hmm. Now, if the family owns a home, um, you know the police would. If if there's violence, the people that are the violent one is likely who the police is going to take out of the home. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is to bring an application for um, you know, a separation type of agreement. Mm-hmm. And that would include things like um, income. Mm-hmm. So if there's a big imbalance, mm-hmm. let's say the abuser is the one who's the high income earner. The person who is being abused doesn't have much of an income. Right. As part of that order, there could be an order for spousal support. Right. Okay. And it doesn't mean you have to get divorced right away. Uh, you, you know, typically you can't get divorced right away. Mm-hmm. You have to wait. Um, I'm not even saying you, you need you to get should, divorced yeah, or you exactly. should get divorced. Right. But this is to kind of help you out of that situation. So you can actually get financial support from the other party. Mm. Um, and you could have exclusive control or custody of the home. Mm. And the other person would, be, would have to move out. Um, and then on top of that, there's issues about kids, mm. right? So child support, um, child custody. And if, you know, it, typically you don't want kids to be without their parents. Right. But you also have to worry about safety. Mm. So you could work those type of terms into an order for, you know, an order right off the bat. Mm. And that would include under what circumstances a person can see kids. So it might be that, you know, it has to be 
um, through a, a third party. Mm-hmm. So maybe not family, not a friend, but a third party mm-hmm. uh, parenting coordination. Or it could be if there's somebody that both sides trust, it's through that person so that you know both spouses don't have to be there at the same time. Mm-hmm. So these are all sorts of things to kind of lay the groundwork to give mm-hmm. you to give you some some space. I don't want to say, you know, by saying this, I don't want to say it's it's easy. It's not easy, right? It takes it it takes some time to get all these things in place. But it's possible. That's the thing. It's possible. And the the law is there to to help people with that. Coming to a lawyer probably is the final thing a person thinks in their mind. Uh, that I don't want to go to uh, a lawyer because then that is the end of the relationship. You're trying to say that that is not the case. It doesn't have to be the end. It doesn't have to be the case. Yes. No. And as a lawyer, you know, in this area, all lawyers in this area, part of the responsibility is to ensure that people don't fight if yes. they don't have to. Yes. Right? Um, if there's a chance of resolution of the relationship, that that be encouraged. So just by seeing a lawyer, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there can be steps taken so that to allow you a little bit of breathing room. You know, when we when we looked at the report from uh, New York about Mandeep Kaur, that she was going through such a horrible time. I just can't sort of imagine that she couldn't get out to ask anyone to help her. So no friend, no relation, no no media company, no social uh, uh, you know organization, no NGO. There was no one, no one she thought would help her. So. Ultimately, she just took her life. So yeah. that is the most bleak and saddest part of this story. Yeah, and we don't know all the details either, but right. but you're right. I mean, part of it may have been that she thought, well, I have no option. Mm. We don't know. Um, but, you know, the way the, the law works is she does have options, right? People here have options. It's hard for me to talk about New York. Yes. I, I, you know, I'm assuming it's similar, but um, here people do have options to, to get on, you know, be able to be on their own, to, to stand up on their own. Within our own community, there are a lot of organizations that are able to assist people if they are in, in trouble, if they are in a violent situation. We've got uh, organizations like Mosaic. We've got organizations like Spix. Uh, we've got our organizations like Diversity, uh, which is based in Surrey, uh, and they are in a position to right away look after people. We've got Rape Relief, we've got Weva, um, and and these are the organizations that will very quietly come and pick you up and take you to a very safe place. Having said that, all this isn't talked anywhere openly. Right. So even if we are talking about it openly, I don't know how many people who are affected by domestic violence are even listening to the program right now. And, and if they are, yeah. are they willing to, to call, Yes, for example? That's right? another thing. So I think this is like a, a, a tremendous kind of service that you're providing, mm-hmm. you know, for your listeners. And if they wanted to, um, 
you know, legal, obviously legal questions yes. about family law and about right. the things they're going through. If they want to provide it anonymous, you know, be anonymous about it. Yes. Send you an email and just say, you know, this is anonymous. I, you know, right. don't, don't use my name. Hmm. And they want to forward that to you and you have those forwarded to you. You can always forward them to me. Okay. And then we could um, address those issues. Right. Because it's, I think it is very important that people know what their rights are and what do you do in, in these difficult situations. Especially for uh, for people, whether they are men or women, that have nobody else here. No family, no friends, and they are so alone yeah. in, a, in a country which is so vast. And, and they are far, far away from home. So yeah, if there is anybody who, who needs help and would like to uh, to connect with uh, Mel and and don't want to go directly to him, can go through us as well. We don't have a problem. We would love to connect them with you. And if Mel, somebody calls you, say for example, a man or a woman calls you and says, can you give me f- five minutes of your time? This is my case. Should I be hiring you? Would they be charged for that? No. No, I, I would just talk to them and, and we'd figure out if it's something that I can help them with. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about spousal support, for example, right? So we're thinking of a situation where there's an imbalance. Yes. Um, and maybe whoever is being abused is just worried, well, will I make it financially? So we talked about um, property division mm-hmm. a little bit. We didn't talk a lot about it. No. So, so basically how that works is any common any property owned by either individual during the marriage becomes common property okay so if before marriage a person comes in has already got a house and the person that they marry or bring as a partner comes into that house and whatever the value of that house then goes up is divided amongst them but the original value of the house stays with the person who's bought it I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. Uh, exa- exactly right. If someone okay. br- brings property into the marriage, right. well, that's their property okay. from before. Right. But if there's an increase in value right. to that, then, of course, then that's split. The yes. increase in value is split. Okay. Um, pensions. Mm. So if someone had a pension from before the marriage, well, mm. that's their pension. But the benefits that accrue, or the benefits that grow, mm. right? So, or parijai, some benefit, right, um, right, right, insurance benefit, that gets split, yeah, during the marriage. So there are a lot of lot of things that you have to study when you go into <laughs> family law. There are. So another thing just just comes to mind because I think this is important for listeners to know as well. Yeah. Well, you know, they say, well, hamar naam me property ne You know, uh, they say it's uh, in the name of, let's say, one of the parents. Right. Well, that doesn't really matter. No. Eh? If if the property, if their intention, uh, the parents and the spouse, is intention is that it's his property or mm. her property, mm. then that's a beneficial interest that they hold. Right? Legally, they still own a beneficial interest. Might not be registered anywhere, right? So they can't. People can't really get around what they owe simply by moving things in other people's names. Makes it a little bit trickier. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, because, because you have to, you've got to prove it. Yeah, you you have to prove it, and there are different ways of proving it. One could be who's paying the mortgage payments. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, and um, so if the mortgage payments have, are made by the person whose name isn't on the property, then obviously. 
they got help from their parents to buy the property, but they're the ones who are retaining it. Right. So there, there's all sorts of things you got to look at in terms of proving that, right? But mm. but the idea is if someone is you know, playing those type of games mm. um, or trying to put them put themselves in a position where they alone would be set up to have all these assets, mm-hmm. there's ways around that. Okay. We're talking to Mel Chaudhary from Simpson Thomas & Associates. If you have any questions, 604-280-1200. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Spice Radio Radio Room Jimson Ryam Kapshap Kap program hai. Melaj Hamari Sath and we are talking about family law. But we didn't talk about ICBC at all. We you know, we, we haven't. Uh, the only <laughs> the only thing is with ICBC I, I get so many ne- negative calls, like not towards me, but towards ICBC. So they came up with that slogan that, you know, we're here for you, you don't have to worry about anything. That was the advertisements and it's it's not really working out that way from the calls that I'm getting. That's right. So, so maybe I'm getting the calls from people that are just unhappy. It's possible. <laughs> but from so many people that I speak to, right. they're saying, well, you know, there's, they say I'm supposed to have $7 million worth right. of coverage. Right. But they won't even approve, you know, this ongoing therapy. Hmm. Or, or let's say there's some therapy that, is not completely traditional. Yes. But it but it's you know, somebody's in chronic pain. And it's helping me. Yeah. yeah. And it's helping them. Mm. And they're in chronic pain and these other things are not helping. But their doctors are saying, mm. well try this. It's a little mm. bit different. Mm. And then, you know, ICBC might say, well, we'll pay a certain amount of this under a discretionary amount, a thousand dollars. Right. We're not paying any more. So there's you know, all sorts of issues that are coming up that way and, and people are a little bit frustrated. I can't blame them. Well, you know, one day without ICBC would be okay. I mean, topic-wise. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Let's talk about family law. And uh, in family law, we talked about, you know, issues with um, partners. In family law, can children or young adults who are in in a household where parents are abusive maybe to a certain extent or do not allow them to go out or uh, don't allow them to have friends but they are 21 uh, but they have to live at the parents house because they don't have a job and so that is their predicament Um, but they are being humiliated to no end is there anything that can be done about an issue like that so what happens with with kids the government is in charge of protecting them mm. up to a certain age. Okay. So, you know, 19. They're, by 19 in legal definition, they're adults. They are adults. Okay. All right. So, so by that point, you're in that situation. Now you're an adult. Right. And, you know, the onus is to try to get out of that situation as an adult. Mm. It's hard because cost of living here is so difficult. It's hard to live outside the home. Mm. But it's, you know, the onus is then on you to do that. Right. Now, there are certain circumstances where you could still get child support. So let's, but that depends on if the parents have split up. Yes. The parents have split up, um, you know, if a child continues past high school Mm. and is in a post-secondary education program, and because of that, they don't have financial means, then one of their parents can claim 
child support on their behalf. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So you know, you know, we we're talking about you know this um, situation where there's abuse in the family. So maybe you know the spouse who's being abused. They don't. They're not thinking just about themselves, but they're mm. thinking about the kids as well. So let's say there's that situation where the child is above, you know, over 19, mm. but they're still in school. Mm. Well, there is a way of actually claiming child support, mm. even if a, a child is over the age of 19, if they continue in their education program full time. So who would be uh, who would be asking for that support? One of the parent or the child themselves can ask for it one of the parents would be asking for it mm. but now when it comes to child support when the courts are listening to these issues mm. their number one concern is the child mm. so you know the best interests of of the child is is the terminology so let's say so now let's not let's take it away from you know not an adult let's say somebody under the age of 19 now the two parents, they get together, they talk, the lawyers talk, and um, they say, well, we're not gonna pay child support, I'm not gonna ask for child support. And they, they basically put it in writing what their agreement will be. Now a judge will look at that and say, hold on a second, what do you mean that you're not addressing child support? Mm. As a judge, their, his or her responsibility will see, well, what is in the best interests of the child? the child? So I can see them saying, nope, I'm not signing off on this agreement. Right. You've got to include provision regarding child support. And then what could happen is there is an avenue for a court to appoint a lawyer on behalf of a child. Ah. Yeah. Um, the one of the parents can make that application. Right. Or if, so you just mentioned well, what right does a child have, right? Right. So the child, if they're old enough, yeah. you know, they can hop in a cab, <laughs> right. go see a lawyer, right. and ask about what they should be getting in terms of what rights there are with respect to their expenses, mm. child support, if, if they feel there's a need for that. And a, and a lawyer can intervene on behalf of the child. You know, so many uh, issues can come up, so many things do come up, you know, and I usually think that this happens with people who are not very rich, who do not have lots of money, and there's frustration on every side of the relationship and in every avenue of your life. So I guess it must be a very difficult task for lawyers and judges to come up with decisions. It, it is. Um, and just before we even talk about that, something else that I, I think we should tell the listeners about as well yes. is legal aid is available. Ah, right? Okay. So, so I don't have the number handy, but if you Google Legal Aid BC mm. um, or do a search of that, um, the number will come up. And, and that is available as a resource. I was also thinking, uh, Mel, you know, we've talked about uh, spouse, spouse spousal abuse uh, in in a family where the spouse is probably the one who is an abuser is rich and the one who is getting abused is dependent on them what if the case is the other way around the one who is being abused is rich and the one who is an abuser is not even working 
Yeah. So basically, you're talking about a situation where, let's say, the high-income earner mm. is the one being abused. Yes. And now they're looking at the situation, yeah, I want to get out of this. Mm. I want to get a divorce. But maybe what's going to end up happening is my spouse earns a lot less than I do. I'm going to actually be responsible for paying my spouse mm. support. Mm -hmm. And this person's abusing me. Mm. So that kind of works as a disincentive mm. for that person to Three. get a divorce mm -hmm. or to get out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a good um, what we'll do is we'll we'll say that's a bit of a teaser for the next show. I think that would be a good idea. Um, and I will c look into that and, and just, you know, typically, and I've said this before, the law kind of, it's there in black and white. Yes. But what ends up happening is usually you look at, well, what is the just uh, result? What is something that is fair? Mm. And somehow, you know, the law looks to kind of get there to where there is fairness. And so I, that's an interesting, really interesting issue you raise. It, it is. So. I, 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 have a, I have a friend who is going through that. Yeah. So, um, so maybe we'll talk next month. Yeah, that sounds great. Mel, once again, if you don't mind giving your telephone number out for our listeners. It's 604-689-689. 8888. With that, we come to the end of our show. We'll be here tomorrow. Sadna will be our guest and we'll be doing numerology and tarot. And uh, stay tuned for the Drive Home Grind with DJ Flight and Maya right here on Spice Radio. And your requests with Nutan, who is in studio, Aj Apkiliye.